I think that most of us, I, I'll, I'll say myself as well, most of us have some shame around not having delivered into our lives who it is that we're really meant to be. And that shame is all tied up with money. Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. I have the honor today to have a special guest on the Breaking Money Silence podcast. It's George Kinder. He's internationally recognized as the father of the life planning movement. He is at least a seven-time author, if not more, and founder of the Kinder Institute for Life Planning. George has trained over 4,000 professionals in 30 countries in the field of financial life planning, which he'll describe a little bit later, and he's revolutionized the financial advice industry. His latest book, Reflections on Spectacle Pond, is a poetry and photography book that was inspired by 30 years he spent living on the edge of a small New England pond. That sounds wonderful. Uh, welcome to the podcast, George. Thank you, uh, Kathleen. Um, uh, it, I, I think it is wonderful, and maybe we'll have a chance to talk about it uh, later in the interview. Yeah, no, absolutely. As somebody who chose to live in rural Vermont, I can appreciate staring out at a pond. I stare out at the mountains. Um, But I want to start kind of, you know, obviously you have done a lot of work in your career. You have changed the industry. And in some ways, without me really realizing it, I'm probably, you know, one of your disciples in that I focus on the human side of finance. Um, But when I first entered this career, when I first started to become a consultant, a trainer, a keynote speaker, what I noticed is every once in a while when I would go to talk to someone about doing a conference, somebody would mention George Kinder. And at the time, I didn't know who you were. And they would say to me, he starts his training with a guided meditation. And some of the people that I was talking to loved it. And some of the advisors were like, whoa, that is too woo-woo please don't start your presentation that way. So why do you think it is that you got such a strong reaction? Either they loved you or they were like, I'm not so sure about this, you know, life planning thing. (laughs) Well, you, you gotta, um, you gotta realize, I think that, that I go back, um, you know, decades. And when I kind of popped in onto the national scene, it was still largely a broker-driven community. And even in the way you framed my relationship to the financial services industry and to the advice industry, those are 
those are terms that are used by the product companies, by banks, uh, you know, mutual fund companies, insurance companies, and all of the rest. So the product companies, the way they make their money is not by being fiduciaries. It's not by caring about the client. It's not about the human being, this human side of money that you and I care so passionately about, uh, Kathleen, but rather about sales. It's about the bottom line. So when I burst onto the scene, and I don't know that I would introduce my work with a, a meditation, but it's certainly part of the training that we give is in great listening skills. The best financial planners out there are the best listeners because that, that's the person that can connect the human side with the financial side. And the best listeners out there are the ones that have learned to listen deeply and profoundly inside themselves. And that kind of listening involves a very formal and precise training, evidence-based training called mindfulness that I revolutionized kind of introducing into the, into the uh, industry as well way back when. So the product companies training their advisors, they were training them largely in sales techniques. So a lot of the advisors thought, wow, this is pretty woo-woo, you know, what is this? And I think the other thing is that people who got into financial services back then, they could have gotten into it similarly to how you and I got into it in that we were, they were passionate about serving people. But a lot of times they got into it because they saw sales as being a great uh, livelihood. And so the people part was something that they were more frightened of. And so they used their sales techniques as something to hide behind. And here I came along and I said, no, look directly at the money, look directly at yourself and create create authenticity inside you and deliver freedom to your client. Quite revolutionary to them. I feel like it still is, George, to be honest with you, doing some of the work and seeing, you know, the slow progress that we've been making. And certainly you know, some advisors are wonderful and have done that. And some are still kind of in that sales mode or, you know, I can't dare ask about feelings. So I really kind of see that in my work. But when I was thinking about interviewing you, I thought back to when I first entered the field and that I came from a place where <laughs> some people may know this from the podcast, some people may not, but I was a commissioned FDIC bank examiner, happened mm. to have a degree in psychology after that, but I really came from that world of numbers and the technical side. And mm. I went to a college, Leslie University, that I'm so glad I picked it because when I got my degree in counseling psychology, I had teachers that to me at the time seemed to use that term woo-woo or out there or whatever. Uh, one professor stands out, he wore slippers and he would incense the room and you know, I think I ended up there for a reason. It wasn't a conscious choice. It was kind of like the college down the street. And so what it did was it opened my eyes to the fact that not only is there this world of technical stuff and knowledge, there's also this world of listening and connecting and, and all the emotions. So, but I can relate to somebody out there who maybe is newer to your work and has that reaction. Because I think it took me a while to accept that, okay, you know, there's room for all of this and we get to kind of figure out where we are in it. And, you know, my life purpose is really to be in this space of the connection between the human side of finance and really empowerment. And so when I followed my heart, I saw that. But certainly I think that that was, you know, somewhat scary. Now for you, 
I'm, I'm kind of curious because you had a good reputation as a financial advisor, and, and I'm using this term in quotes, George. You know, you could have stayed like a Main Street advisor, but instead you decided to go on this other path. I'm really curious how you started down that path and, and how you decided this was your life's work. Well, I, there's so many different ways I could go on this one, Kathleen. The um, And it's really interesting you're going to Leslie because one of my main offices in Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts, was on Wendell Street. And, oh, yep. And that building right now, and you might have actually taken classes in it or resided in it, that building right now is owned by Leslie University <laughs> Leslie, all around me. And of course, just a few blocks from where I'd gone to college at Harvard. So I had therapists all around me and I learned a lot. A lot of my uh, uh, client base came from the psychological world and Cambridge was filled with them. And I probably had half my clients, my thousand tax clients were half of them were therapists or counselors or social workers or psychologists or psychotherapists, uh, psychoanalysts. So I, in a way, I, I came to it from then having had, like you, a mathematical background. I entered Harvard as a math major and ended up majoring in English. <laughs> uh, so again, similar kind of wandering all over it. But I think, you know, when you ask the question, how did I move from being kind of the, this Main Street advisor to, to revolutionize an industry, there's something else I, I just thinking about that before coming in to talk with you today, I was thinking about my childhood and I, I grew up in a hard scrabble area of the country. It was along the Ohio river, the Ohio river Valley, one of the most depressed areas, both in the rust belt time and in, uh, in the great depression. And when I was a boy, there were in the schoolyard where I, I grew up, I, I, I was a small fellow and there would be bullies who would beat up kids in the schoolyard during recess. And even though I was much smaller than the bullies, I always dived in. I just said, oh, you're not going to beat that kid up. Ain't no way. And I just dived in and I was this feisty little kid, you know, uh, taking on someone much bigger than me and saying, no, you can't do that. And if you think about, I mean, here we are in this terribly dark time of, of um, you know, Russia pouring with 40 miles of, of uh, troops and, and of uh, tanks and all the rest toward the un, undefended city of, uh, of Kiev. Here we are in a, a time of bullies again. And, but the, the bullies, you know, bullies come in, in two ways in kind of the modern world. They can come with, with, uh, with a huge military behind them or they can come with a lot of money. The financial services industry is, is in a way, a kind of bully. We've had a, a, a movement in financial services toward what's known as a fiduciary standard. And the big banks, the insurance companies, all of the big companies came and said, nope, nope, you're not going to do this. And we were trying to do it in the pension world, as you know, a few years ago. So I, I think that part of this revolutionizing the industry and, and as you said, we're, we're, not, we're not near done yet with it yet, is basically saying, no, you can't push around people like that. This is not about sales and about your profits. Money is about delivering people into their lives of freedom, what you call empowerment. That, that's really what money is meant to do. And I think I was passionate about doing something uh, in the world that was uh, different like that, that stood for something from the time I was a child. Ha, huh, I've never thought about it being 
from the bully perspective. But when I think about it in those terms, um, that makes a lot of sense. And so for the folks that are listening in, George, that aren't familiar with the life planning process, some of our listening audience are financial advisors and they've probably heard of your work if they don't kind of follow it. But we have a lot of listeners who aren't in the industry, who are consumers of, of financial planning. So tell me a little bit about the life planning process. And, you know, just in simple terms, how is that different than maybe how other financial professionals would work that don't follow that, you know, your guidelines? Yeah, th- thanks, Kathleen. The, it's primarily this profound respect that the advisors, we train, we train our advisors more than anything, we train them to be great listeners. So that if you're a consumer and you come in to work with a, a, a registered life planner, which is the designation that we give, the first thing you notice is that they're a real person having a, a, a real engaged listening to you. They don't kind of throw their spreadsheets at you or come out with their product sheets and all this kind of thing. They aren't a marquee. They aren't bragging about their credentials. What they're doing is just listening to who you are and who you really want to be. And I think that's the most extraordinary thing. And we have a process that actually builds trust. It's called EVOKE, and it's an acronym for five phases to a meeting process. And the first phase, called E for Exploration, is really just listening. And at the end of that meeting, which can run as long as two hours, it's usually a half hour to an hour and a half. At the end of that meeting, the most common response I would get was, gosh, George, this is uh, this was one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life. And you, you there's kind of a sly, uh, you know, smile on your face because you realize that it wasn't really a conversation. You, the client did almost all of the talking, certainly 90% of the talking. And what I did was I just simply listened and engaged emotionally. So I was, I got excited. Wow. When the, when the client was excited about something, I I shared empathy uh, and concern where the client was concerned. And in such a way that the client knew that I was there first for them as a person. And, but they also already knew that I was there with great financial skills. So that's the first meeting. The second meeting is this uh, empowerment kind of meeting where we There are some questions we'll send the clients home with and the clients come in and they've investigated their it's it's a goal meeting, really. But our our job is to inspire the client to live into their most passionate dream of freedom, whereas most financial advisors in the first meeting don't listen. And in the second meeting uh, will be dousing your dreams with uh, cold water. Telling you that no, I don't think you can do that. No, yeah, you're right. You can't do so. All of your self doubt is given room to grow, rather than what we do, which is say, let's make it happen. Uh, let's make this work. And then the other three meetings are more financial planning oriented. They're wrestling with the obstacles and and moving through them relatively quickly, really, uh, and then producing a financial plan and then uh, executing on that plan. You know, one of the things that I think sounds so simple but isn't is being able to really listen and be there with somebody. Mm-hmm. I do some training in that area myself, and it's interesting because, you know, we talk about active listening, and I know you're talking about a deeper listening than that. But, you know, on the surface, I find that a lot of professionals are like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. 
But when you really get down to it, listening in that way is something that's such a gift to people that most people don't get. And certainly to be able to listen to someone about their relationship with money is profound because there's such money silence in our society. Exactly. And, 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 uh, and we think that the, when we walk in as a consumer, we think the terms should be on the advisor's, whatever the advisor's agenda is, so that we uh, kind of leap into wherever they go with, well, retirement or, or budget or whatever. And in fact, uh, a great listener puts it back to us as to what is most important for you. And that, that's an extraordinary thing. And it's a daring thing for an advisor to do. An advisor has to be ready to be really supportive in that area and not be primarily product focused. Right. No, absolutely. So we need to take a quick break, but we are here with George Kinder and he is talking about the life planning process and a little bit about why it is important to be a revolutionary. We're going to be back and we're going to talk more about how life planning can help you improve your relationship with money. Hey, it's Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I just wanted to say thank you for listening to the Breaking Money Silence podcast. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. I wanted to just tell you about a service that I provide that may be of interest to you or your family or one of your clients. It's individual money mindset coaching. What does that mean? That means I work with individuals to help them identify their automatic thoughts and beliefs about money and help them feel more comfortable and confident when it comes to finances. It is a short-term program that can really take you from being uncomfortable or a little fearful around money to being really confident. So if you're interested in finding out more, feel free to email me at kbk at breakingmoneysilence.com. And let's set up a quick phone call and see if Money Mindset Coaching is for you. This is Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, and I'm here with George Kinder. He is the internationally recognized father of the life planning movement, and we are talking about life planning. And so, George, to get back to our conversation, you just described the process of financial planning. But what I'm most curious about, um, if I put more of my consumer hat on, is you know, if I'm going through this process with a registered life planner, how is that helpful in me developing either greater financial literacy or improving my relationship with money? My, my sense is it's different than maybe what we usually think of in terms of financial advice, but you tell me. I think that what is, what is really different, Kathleen, is that if you're a consumer coming into a registered life planner, you're going to walk out of that series of meetings. And usually in the first meeting, you've got a really strong feel for it. You're going to walk out with a sense, perhaps for the first time in your life, that all of the money um, uh, kind of systems that are out there are about to work for who it is that you always have felt you were meant to be, who it is that you have longed to be. And so you're relationship in terms of financial literacy and your relationship with money, suddenly your relationship with money is one that's filled with joy and filled with delight. And your financial literacy is it suddenly you're actually interested in each of these systems because you can see how they're going to deliver you into your dream of freedom. So as a follow-up question, George, one of the things I'm wondering is if you come into a meeting with a lot of money shame 
a lot of discomfort around talking about money, and you have somebody delve into these questions. I'm sure you've thought this through. I'm sure there's a way in which you train advisors around this, but yeah. how do you deal with that? How do you deal with helping somebody open up, especially if you know this is an area that's really challenging for them? Yeah, it's challenging for most of us. I think that most of us, I, I'll, I'll say myself as well, most of us have some shame around not having delivered into our lives who it is that we're really meant to be. And that shame is all tied up with money because money is one of the great facilitators to help make that happen. So what we do, what we do is, is really very simple. There are strong overlaps between a counselor, a counseling, the counseling profession and the life planning profession, but there are strong differences as well. The primary thing we do is train the, the advisor to listen with empathy and to listen with inspiration. So if someone came, comes in with shame uh, and there's the slightest hint of it, where, uh, the, the life planner is, uh, has a, is listening for that. And what they will do in that moment, they will use a gesture, their eyes will shift, they will, uh, their body language will change and you will feel immediate, or they will just say, oh, I'm so sorry. Or wow, that must be, that must be so difficult. So there is a, a, an experience of, in the subtlest hints at shame, there is the experience of being held and empathized with by this person who has tremendous financial acumen and is also really interested in what your uh, passionate uh, goals are as well. So it's mainly that kind of that holding, that human Holding. We, you and I both talk a lot. I mean, it's interesting. In the early days, it was a main, uh, a major term for me, the human side of money. Mm -hmm. and it's mainly that, that bringing that human side to the money conversation. Yeah, I think it can be so healing because if you are sitting with somebody who has that expertise but is not judging you or you don't, you know, whether someone consciously is judging you or not, that there isn't a right way. There's just your way. And I really love this idea of, you know, finding your life purpose and then making it work for you. I know you use the term freedom. So for you, I know you are at a place or have been for a while, maybe where you've been really living out what your definition of freedom is. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when we connected over this podcast, uh, I was surprised, uh, but you have a book about poetry and photography and maybe folks that know you a little bit better weren't surprised, but I was like, oh, Interesting. That's not financial planning. Um, so tell us a little bit about how that fits with your journey and and yeah. if this is part of what you think, you know, life planning can lead to. <laughs> well, just a just a very brief frame. I think of uh, a freedom as having three three domains to it. And in fact, that's another book that I'm in the process of, of excellent of putting together the three domains of freedom. And one of them is this domain of mindfulness, because in that domain, every single moment is ours. And then the second domain is this domain of life planning with this overlap between what you're doing and what I'm doing, the human side and the empowerment around money that, uh, that we are meant to live in a life of freedom around money. And the third domain of freedom is one that we're wrestling with right now as we look at climate change, or as I said early on, we look at Russia or we look at, at uh, the banks or whatever. And that is that uh, civilization is meant to both deliver us into freedom 
and it's meant to be a place that fosters freedom. So my last book was called A Golden Civilization. It was all about how we can make that happen in civilization. But the the secret in, in my life plan, Kathleen, you know, we ask these questions where we get very deep and and ask, you know, what would you miss? If you one of the questions, just one of many questions we ask is if you if you only had 24 hours left to live. And you, you suddenly recognize that. And so that was a real surprise to you. And you look at it and you go, wow, I didn't get to do this. I didn't get to be this. The question is, what did you not get to do and who did you not get to be? And always when I answered that question for myself, the answer was maybe it was to live in, is it Waitsfield where you live? Yes, uh, it is. Yep. Yeah. My, my, my answer was always to live in the weather, number one. Number two was to um, create illuminated manuscripts. And number three was to live a profoundly spiritual life. So those things were not, you know, I, I became a life planner and I did something with the industry because I had to make a living. And financial planning was the way that I happened to come across to make a living. But my passion was in these other areas. So I have been working on this book and four more books like it. This is the weekly edition. There are four more that are going to be daily uh, edition through each of the four seasons. And each day, each week has a, uh, as a, ser as a few poems and an image or two or three phot photograph from this pond that I live on. It's just a few miles from Walden Pond. So it's very much influenced by Thoreau as well. And it's meant to be inspiration for people to live more in the moment and more in nature. So it's a, in a way, a practice of mindfulness within a natural, natural environment. Uh, the pictures are beautiful. I think the poetry is inspiring, <laughs> definitely influenced by uh, Zen landscape poetry. And it, it's been something I've worked on for 30 years. And finally, I mean, I never knew if I, I would come out with it. I didn't know I'd live this long. But here it is. I'm finally coming out with it. And I've got four more books the four seasons uh, coming out in the next year, year and a half. Uh, right oh, that's so exciting. I have to share this before we um, close today is yesterday I was preparing for the podcast that I'm recording today, one with you. And at the end of the day, I saw I had a window of opportunity and I went out for a backcountry ski all by myself in the woods. So uh, it was lovely and it was healing. And so I think I got that first one down, but I really look forward to reading your book and tell people where they can find out more information about you and also how they can get their hands on the book, George. Well, the uh, one of the cool things uh, at this point in my life is I'm, I'm uh, able to give the book and, uh, for free. Uh, so I'm giving the book as a digital subscription for free, you'll get it'll, it'll arrive in your email every week. You will get this beautiful spread of photograph and poetry of that particular week uh, in, uh, in out on a New England pond. So they can find that by going to georgekinder.com, and you'll find lots of other things about me, including a, an album of protest songs that I did with my daughter, uh, London Kinder, a few years ago, and uh, that's a, a wonderful different venture there of creativity, or they could go to kinderinstitute.com and find out more about the, uh, the life planners that are out there in the world. Awesome. I love people who are diverse and different and have different perspectives. And I'm just impressed with all the wonderful creativity. Uh, and I love that you changed this field because I think if you hadn't, there wouldn't have been a place for me to be marching behind you. So George, it's been lovely uh, getting to know you a little bit and breaking money silence with you today. 
Wonderful, Kathleen. Thank you so much for asking me on. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. Helping financial advisors and their clients have deeper, more meaningful conversations so that life changes are better connected to financial plans. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.